0: Okay, so welcome to our first podcast. Uh, name is under development, but we'll figure that yeah. out as it goes. Um, my name's Brian, and uh, Pete, yeah. say
1: hi. Yeah. Tell Pete, people about yeah. yourself. Pete Young, I graduated from Oregon State University in 1993, uh, speech communication major. I'm originally from Medford, Oregon, and uh, went to OSU and uh, discovered that um, uh, when you're away from home, nobody wakes you up to go to class. Uh, almost, uh, didn't make it through school. Um, but then after, uh, I figured that part out three years in, I went and saw my advisor and he looked at my transcripts and said, uh, so your grades aren't bad really, but, uh, <laughs> what in God's name would you say you're trying to accomplish here? And, uh, so then I, uh, said, I don't know, you're the advisor Advise me. And, Back then they had books with some stuff, and he made me photocopies of some pages, and he highlights these classes and says, take these classes in the fall, these classes in the winter, these classes in the spring, bad news, these classes in the summer, and uh, if you pass them all, you'll have a degree in speech communication. And that's how I ended up there with my you go. degree. Yeah, So, and, and you, Brian, uh, you were yeah, you so, there um, at the same time. Roughly. Yeah,
0: I came in uh, 1991, and I was mechanical engineer, major we both lived at finley pete you were across the hall and yeah quite honestly you were the scary guy across the hall because you're t- way taller than i am yeah and, and uh back you, then
1: i was muscular too yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly uh but you I and i started hair. you and i started working out together and playing basketball and became friends and eventually roommates in the apartment but uh i graduated in 96 and uh just been working in the area since Yep. So, this is our podcast. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff, mainly centered around OSU sports, but mm-hmm. not the sports that normally get talked about, Yeah. usually, and then adding in other stories and flavors around life and all sorts of other stuff. So, with that, we'll get going. So, let's talk about current events with the uh, Beaver Sports and recap some stuff. Um yeah. So let's hit baseball first.
1: Well, baseball, of course, is off to a roaring start, as they always are. 10-1 uh, and 1 to get the season going. Uh, first loss finally came over the weekend. They uh, lost to West Virginia. Um had to happen sometime, and it's funny, you read uh, the uh, the opinion columns, and it's like, oh no, the offense is falling apart because but they everyone, got a point. Everyone
0: thinks it's the end of the world. Right?
1: Yeah, and I guess that's what happens when you have expectations. I wouldn't know what that's like, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, in, in general, but... They did ground into five double plays in the loss to West Virginia. And to ground into five double plays, you at least have to get five guys on base. So, you know, that's, uh, that's just the vagaries of baseball taking place right there. And then South Salem's own uh, Sam Tweet, he actually had a really good game other than the two home runs that he gave up in the second inning. Uh, other than that, he actually did a really good job. And I think there's going to be big things out of Sam Tweet um, as a pitcher. He's, uh, I, I watched him a lot in, uh, in high school um, as a uh, football player. He was a really good quarterback. Some of the um, mm-hmm. small schools wanted him to come play football. But, but he chose Oregon State baseball instead, Thank- well, thankfully. Yes, absolutely. Well, the guy, he's, he's a big kid with a, a, a you know, uh, good arm, so I think he's going to do just fine. And it's Great. not time to panic yet, probably. Uh, yeah. Probably
0: not, because they're but, still. What are they? What are they still ranked at
1: now? Well, the, anywhere from number one to number six, depending so, on which poll you follow. I, and uh, so that's not a big deal. And, uh, and they showed last year: as long as they
0: get to Omaha,
1: they could win. Right? right? I mean, how yeah. many
0: elimination games did
1: they win last year? Six in a row. Or yeah, that's crazy. Ridiculous. And the Pac-12 season hasn't even started yet, right. so, so they've got three more uh right. non-conference games and then they start the pack 12 season against the team from eugene
0: so everybody can just
1: take a deep breath yeah but they're they're doing good they're off to a good, good start and good. actually uh zach taylor uh was uh picked as uh osu athletics um academic uh athlete of what do they call it? scholar athlete of the month oh cool uh, 3.14 gpa so that's not too shabby cool, cool.
0: Yeah. So um, in Oregon State women's basketball this past weekend, they were in Arizona. Yes. Um, They had a tough run at Arizona State um, where they took a loss. I think some of that has been, I think some of that was kind of a hangover if you watch the game. It was a little bit of a hangover from emotional two weeks of civil war and then going into some tough games from the L.A. schools being up here. Yeah. Well, um, they
1: beat Arizona, though, right, in, in the McHale Yeah, Center,
0: and then so. on Sunday they beat Arizona in overtime, which was, again, a tough game. I think uh, Arizona is going to be a tough team come next year. Um, Adia Barnes is doing a pretty good job there, but we squeaked out a win there. It was pretty tough.
1: Now, you're... Uh, so... You, you watch a lot of the women's basketball team. Yes,
0: I've watched. I'm season ticket holder, and I've yeah. watched, I watch it on television whenever, whenever they're on. I've watched the whole season, and, and so it's great to see them develop so, you know, the whole year.
1: is Arizona so, State, that's the only team that beat them twice in the Pac-10 this year, or 12, sorry, this year, isn't it? Um,
0: did, yes. Yeah. That, the yeah. So they lost. Awesome. They lost in overtime at, at Corvallis, which I missed that game, and then we lost down there. And, and they're just a tough matchup. That's right? what
1: I was gonna say. Is it, a, it? Are they a bad matchup for us? Because mm, styles think, make fights. You know. Yeah.
0: So I think it is a tough matchup. Like Keanu Ibis down there is a very good player, and it's just hard for um, our team to kind of guard them. And then I really do think. Um, the officiating was a little off in that really? game. There were some um, moving moving screens that weren't being called consistently. There was a couple other calls. There were some fouls there that were pretty obvious that weren't called. Um, is that... Know, home what, court advantage. Yeah. So, you know, that's just the way it goes. But, is that
1: kind of what pushed uh, Coach yeah, over I, the edge, you think? Yeah, I
0: think, you know, Coach, Rook, Coach, is, Coach Rook's normally a pretty calm guy, and I think something just... Those, th- those calls kind of put him over the edge a bit, and he was Trying to defend the team, and then they they put him out of the game. But um, <laughs> I again, didn't
1: see it. Did he? Uh, was he uh, oh, a? Was, was it a hold me back? Type yeah, of it? yeah, it was a hold me
0: back. You know, it's pretty. You know, it's pretty kind of kind of funny from a standpoint. From a certain standpoint, because he's usually the shortest guy on the court. And yeah. You have two of his assistants trying to corral him and hold him back. But you Almost could tell he judge. was pretty fired up about it, and so it was cool. And uh, you know, again, it was a tough loss, but. You know the team's still looking good for the for the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, so. Pac-12
1: tournament starts uh, tomorrow for the starts teams that aren't tomorrow. The, the That's year, correct. For the bottom right, bottom so, eight seeds, correct, I guess play correct, tomorrow. Correct, yeah, right. and uh, Destiny Slocum made all Pac-12.
0: Yeah, so I mean, we're, yeah, so that she made all Pac-12. Michaela Pivik made all Pac-12, and then Aaliyah Goodman made you know the week. Um, after the LA game, she was the ESPN Women's Player of the Year, Player of the Week, and nice. then she's the first ever Pac-12 Sixth Player of the Year.
1: And uh, Katie McWilliams got uh, some award, but I was she, she also defensive.
0: Uh, she's a defensive, defensive
1: all, all Pac-12 or something.
0: Uh, I think not first team, but maybe the I honorable think that, mention. honorable mention. I think is what they okay. call it. Yeah, well, that's not so, too shabby. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, and then you wanted to talk a little bit. I know it's a month after the Super Bowl. Let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, because there were beavers on the field. Uh, Most notably, of course, Brandon Cooks, um, because he was um, actually cut loose by the Patriots and going to the Rams ends up as a blessing in disguise because he ends up going back to the Super Bowl. Um, But unfortunately for Mr. Cooks, Bolivnikov winner... Probably, arguably, the best receiver Oregon State ever had. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. arguments can be made for Mike Hass and Phil Ross and the other, a few <laughs> other guys. But, but. Brandon Cooks, Chad Johnson, sure, sure yeah. yeah the, I think the, Chad
0: Johnson and Hushman, the, Hushman Zada. There was a guy named Hushman Zada. He was all right uh, too. Yeah, probably they were a little were bit better smart. than. You know. I
1: just forget about them because they were there for like two weeks. I know, but you know, <laughs> Brandon Cooks every, played for four years. But and, I've, and
0: Haas is everybody's, you know, sentimental favorite. Well, absolutely, because he's you know. a
1: Jesuit guy and yeah. everything. But yeah. But Cooks was one of the best, no question. And uh, unfortunately, uh, he dropped the the touchdown pass that would have put them in position to win the game. And and why did it have to be Brandon Cooks? Couldn't have been any other Rams receiver. This is where the long-suffering Beaver fan in me comes out and says, this was exactly the kind of thing that happened during the 28 years of darkness, you know. But, on the plus side...
0: Well, I think we should clarify for the listeners that you and I went to Oregon State in oh, the, yeah. in the early, ni- early 90s, mid yeah. to, to mid 90s, which yeah. was right and you know, it was pre-Coach Riley. I got yeah. there right when uh, Coach Pettibone took over, yeah.
1: and uh, those were a <laughs> couple of years football-wise. Yeah, that was um, that was a lot of time wandering <laughs> in the wilderness right there.
0: I mean, so, and, yeah. you know, it's just a frame of reference because I do run into graduates who, who think like, we've always had, a, always had a winning football yeah, season. And, yeah. uh, you know, they don't know what it's like to storm the field when we win one game yeah.
1: a year like we did. Tear down so. the goalposts because you win 15-14 <laughs> against Sacramento State Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. But, yeah. Um, so that, that was kind of a bummer because that, that just pulls out the long-suffering Beaver fan in you. However, um, there was one bright spot because... That game that was a terrible yeah. game to watch. I mean, it was a terrible was game to watch. No yes. offense, and <sighs> yeah. uh, but that led to something. Johnny Hecker, uh, former Beavers punter uh, and holder for Greg the Legs Zerline, so he actually did play a fairly important role because God knows there were nothing but field goals kicked in that game. Uh, but Johnny Hecker uncorked the longest punt in the history of the Super Bowl. So. Um, 65 yards. Uh, now, granted, because it was indoors and on turf, he got a good bounce. The ball landed well short of the 50-yard line, but kind of took a little bit of a tumble down to uh, New England territory. So, uh, you know, that was, that was something.
0: A record's a record. No one's going to remember turf or not turf, right? They're just going to remember that his name's on the record post. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, and he's an Oregon State dealer. So that's something positive.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
1: And uh, that, that happened.
0: Yep. So that's kind of the current recap, and we'll move on to our next segment.
1: All right, January 19th uh, marked um, 27 years since we lost uh, Ernest Killam, who was probably the best basketball prospect that never got to really play at OSU. Um, it was actually still a really good time for men's basketball the kind of thing that uh, coach tinkle is trying to build um but it all started really the story uh, started in the 88-89 season because um they went 22 and 7 13 and 5 in the conference and this was under crusty old coach ralph miller uh the man who was uh, uh george raveling once said that uh, coach miller invented the whiskey sour uh, <laughs> but uh Uh, They went uh, 13-5 in the conference. They went to the NCAA tournament as a sixth seed, and you know how those 6-11 upsets go. (laughs) Yeah, against uh, Evansville, the Evansville Purple Aces. That game took place on St. Patrick's Day, and apparently the Purple Aces had the luck of the Irish in their ugly uniforms with T-shirts as jerseys. Uh, Coach Miller narrowed it down to an eight-man rotation, and he rode the horse that got him there. Uh, Future NBA Hall of Famer GP, Gary Payton, Uh, Gary went for 31 points 2 of 5 from 3 11 of 22 overall 7 of 8 from the free throw line so basically he did everything he could Uh, the game was tied at 78 after regulation uh, but Evansville went kind of nuts in the overtime and won 94 to 90 and they were led by some guy named Scott Hafner who had 26 points that night and I had to look up Scott Hafner because I thought he sounded familiar he played 3 whole years in the NBA and the bigger one Um, was that when he was at Evansville he scored 65 points in a game once which is a school record that stands to this day so once uh, the uh, pain and sting of that season was over coach Miller decided um, because he'd been inducted into the hall of fame on May 3rd of 1988 before the season started uh, 20 years at Oregon State was pretty much enough and he decided to retire and devote himself to his two favorite pastimes uh, golf and smoking cigarettes and uh Then he'd racked up 359 wins uh, at OSU um, out of his 600-plus wins, uh, second in OSU history to the man whose name is on the building, Mr. Slats Gill. So they had to find his replacement, and uh, they were able to keep it in-house and hire Mr. Jimmy Anderson. Anderson, of course, was as beaver as it gets. Uh, he played under slats gill um and during the civil war one year at macarthur court he was actually shot with a pellet gun uh so intense was the rivalry at that point and uh he later coached under both gill and then of course under coach miller and with peyton back for another season and a talented front court with uh <laughs> you may remember this this may give you flashbacks Teo al uh, Teo and uh scott haskin who was a freshman that year um uh, as well as the freshman uh, player of the year from the state of Oregon, Charles McKinney, uh, from Wilson High School in Portland, uh, the Beavers had the ingredients they needed to get back to the dance. They had a supporting cast around GP, and they had a really great season. They went twenty-two and seven, fifteen and three, won the conference title outright in the um, regular season. Um, but this uh, this particular season taught me a very valuable lesson tangentially. Uh, when you get the chance to see something that could possibly be great don't ever pass it up just don't february 22nd 1990 uh usc was in town harold minor um baby jordan they called him, was uh, leading usc and some of my friends from the dorm over at finley hall where we both lived um, mm-hmm. um they wanted to go to the game and watch uh watch gp do his thing and I, I had to study um so i stayed home and then i turned on the game in the second half on the radio and uh GP only went for 58 points that night. <laughs> and again, all-time leading scorer in school history. Uh, so, you know, I kind of felt bad for missing out on that one. 98-94 win in front of 9,700 screaming fans at Gill. Uh, So the Beavers won the regular season conference championship. They kind of limped home, though. They got crushed by Arizona, 87 to 60. Uh, Gary Payton got some criticism. They, you know, all the pundits said that they didn't think he played very hard in that game. And then in the, uh, I think it was the first or maybe second Pac-10 tournament of all time, they lost in the first round to ASU. But for the third year in a row, they went back to the NCAA tournament. And this they kind of are part of the lore of the five twelve upset because they were a five seed in the West playing against Ball State from Muncie, Indiana. And uh, in that particular game, they lost 54-52. And what was especially fun about that was it was the last second shot where all they had to do was not foul the shooter as time was <laughs> expiring because at worst it goes to overtime. The guy's inside the key, so it's a two-point shot. Just don't foul him and so sure enough he gets fouled makes his basket and then uh free throw with no time on the clock he makes the the um the free throw and uh, they win so paris mccurdy was his name uh and uh he was talking trash on gp the whole game and it actually worked gary payton fouled out of that game with two minutes left um tayo scored the go-ahead bucket and then then disaster struck but um so after a devastating defeat like that, and then you lose the SI player of the year, the national player of the year, you'd think it'd be t- uh, kind of tough to bounce back. But because of a series of good ev- and, and bad luck, uh, they managed to land Mr. Ernest Killen Jr. EK was the 5A Co- California Interscholastic scholastic Federation player of the year uh, for 1990. He's athletic, explosive, uh you didn't even really appreciate his jumper his jumper was awesome but he was so athletic you kind of forgot about the fact that he could actually shoot too i mean the guy could just ball and and uh his two choices his his top two choices were oklahoma coached by billy tubbs they had been a final four team like two years before and then long beach state uh because he was from la and uh that would be close to home and they were coached by Seth Greenberg and coach Greenberg and Ernest high school coach were pretty good friends. And so that was a possibility too, but because of academics, um, he was ineligible. Um, Oklahoma decided to uh, pull his scholarship offer and he ended up at OSU. Um, Ernest grew up in Watts on 107th Street, which is an area at that time uh, plagued by gang violence, drugs, all sorts of the good fun stuff. Now, EK's dad is Ernie Killam, a former NBA player. And I I like this. He actually is somewhat of a a piece of trivia because he played one season in the NBA uh, for the Lakers, the 71-72 Lakers, and he scored um, zero field goals his one year in the NBA, he scored one free throw. And then he did actually score two field goals in the, uh, in the, uh, playoffs. He had a total career points of five points. Um, but basketball was in EK's blood from the time he's little, he's playing and playing and playing. His parents split up, uh, as happens because the leading cause of divorce is marriage. And, um, uh, his parents split up and, and he grew up in Watts across the street from the junior high school. And he'd go in the morning, And just play and play and play and play and he'd wake his little brother up and make his brother rebound for him and uh during the dreaded middle school years Ernest started to kind of go wayward and because he was surrounded by gangsters drug dealers hustlers etc and so he started kind of hanging around with the wrong crowd but um apparently I wouldn't know because I've never really had a talent but um the gangster you know gangbangers whatever you want to call them they saw that he could actually genuinely play basketball and they wouldn't let him be in that Mm. life. They kind of uh, shoved him toward playing basketball. But even though he was one of the better players, he was cut from the eighth grade team uh, because the coach didn't like some of the people that hung around with him. Mm. Um, Thought it brought some headaches, but uh, he got some new friends. He played really well on the freshman team, kept working on his game day after day after day after day. And, um, uh, as a sophomore on the JV team, he was averaging 27 points a game. So the varsity coach wanted to promote him and made him actually almost forced him to play some varsity games, but EK wanted to stay on the JV team and then they went undefeated with him averaging about 27, 28 points a game. And about that time, um, he actually discovered, uh, his religious, uh, background, um, there was a pastor there who built the 109th street park up from what it was Mm Uh, to make it a safe and, and clean place for kids to play basketball. And that's when EK found uh, his religion, which became a dominating force in his life. But then after his senior year and Oklahoma, given up on him, uh, OSU was able to get him long shot. But Coach Anderson kept calling, kept calling. Uh, Chad Scott <laughs> himself, a, a story, but a fellow Californian uh, made some pleas over the phone to EK. And I think they even got GP involved in getting him there. In September of 1990, uh, I was settling in for my sophomore year at Finley Hall, room 207, with my buddy Doug. And uh, Finley was, you know, um, at least in theory, no alcohol dorm, but uh, don't tell our refrigerator that. Uh, But uh, it was loosely enforced. Um, But athletes often lived in the Finley because it's, um, for those of you who know the campus, it's right next to Gill and it's right next to Parker now research stadium. And uh, I liked it just because even though my body no longer tells that tale, I liked it to go work out back then and it was free. Um, well, or as $20,000 a year, whatever, however you want to, however, however you want to do the account, <laughs> the most expensive health club you'll ever go to. But um, I went, I went there and uh, a lot, and I was coming back from working out. And that's when I met Ernest for the first time. And uh, he kind of looks me up and down in the hall at Finley. And he says, Hey, big man, you on the football team? And I said, oh, no, buddy, if you, if you knew my athletic ability, you'd, you'd know I'm not on the uh, the football team. And he kind of laughed, and he said, well, God must have different plans for you then. And uh, so we hit it off immediately because he thought I was funny. Um, and the theory later proven wrong by hundreds of comedy audiences. But uh, so we like watched the um, ALCS together that year. Uh, He was an Oakland A's fan, uh, not because he was actually an Oakland A's fan, but they were from California. Mm -hmm. He is from California. And as long as the Dodgers weren't in it, that was his team. Uh, He'd root for any team in California except for the Giants. Um, But uh, he couldn't play basketball his whole freshman year for academic reasons. And I imagine Mm -hmm. that got to be really frustrating um, I got the privilege of helping E.K. Uh, get through writing 121 class. Um, it wasn't that he couldn't write. He actually wrote incredibly compelling stories um, about like his growing up mm-hmm. and his youth and stuff, but he couldn't punctuate. He literally had no idea how to punctuate a sentence, and so he would write paragraph so after paragraph. So he'd write like he spoke yeah yeah exactly and there was nothing in it but i take his handwritten punctuation free papers and uh, if i couldn't quite follow the narrative thread i'd have him read them to me and uh, i typed them up for him and i started working on helping him learn how to type too but uh um he got a b so not too shabby that yeah. that helped his academics uh, gifted player though he got to practice with the team and uh he had his own key to Gill Coliseum, which may or may not have been an improper benefit, but who knows. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he loved to take his friends from uh, Finley over to, to Gill because uh, for us it was a thrill. Yeah. It's like we're on the same floor that, you know, uh, this is where Gary Payton played. This is where A.C. Green played, you know. And um, so he'd take us over there, and uh, he'd have us rebound for him, and he'd shoot. And he'd stand out really deep on the wings, and uh, whenever he shot a really deep three, he'd just yell, lay up! And huh. it, they'd swish. And uh, so he also used that extra time on his hands, though, to hustle free food from us because <laughs> uh, he knew exactly how good he was. And we we didn't know, you know, I mean, we knew he was awesome, but we didn't know for sure. And, and it happened to uh, be McRib season. So um, he played three of us. He took me and this guy named Tim and Doug and uh, uh, one other guy that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but we played horse. And he, he gave us rules. He, like, you know, gave us, like, a handicap, um, you know, or he gave himself a handicap, I guess you would say. We could shoot from anywhere outside of 10 feet, and he shot exclusively from the second E in Beavers uh, that was painted on the floor at the time. Suffice it to say, he got three free McRibs. Um, But uh, a guy from our dorm uh, named Tim, um, that was the guy. uh, Tim uh, missed about a 12-footer, and EK says, McRibs, yo! And he he dribbled in and dunked the ball and high-fived us, and he's like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's hit the drive-through. And so that was pretty fun. Um, But I'd never seen a player like Ernest before. His first step was just ridiculous. It was NBA first step. Unfortunately, in the summer of 1991, his first step took a massive hit uh, when he had a mild stroke. And uh, he, te- he had tests up at Oregon Health Sciences University in Portland. They revealed he had a blood clotting disorder. So they gave him Coumadin, which is a blood thinner. And we talked actually over the phone a couple of times during the summer. And uh, he said, don't worry, Big Pete, I'll be fine. Gil's going to be king- kill him's kingdom. That's what he mm-hmm. used to call it and he got his grades together and so he couldn't wait for basketball season i only really saw him uh, once that uh, next year he came to my dorm room because i was storing his bicycle for him until he could get into his apartment and uh if you've ever seen uh, a six foot five brother singing queen's bicycle race as he's riding off on his bicycle that was pretty hilarious but um he uh then he's, he's like hey how come you didn't wash it for me and he laughed but um Uh, Saw him a couple more times on campus, and he's really bummed out because he wasn't getting to play. The the coaches had decided until the doctors and the second opinion doctors and the third opinion doctors, and they are probably thinking about two things, liability and liability, you know. But um, once the doctors gave him the approval to play, the medication made him slow, and it, it made his brain foggy so he couldn't remember, you know, offensive sets, things like that. And, uh, he, so he got off the medication and, um, uh, and he was all of a sudden just, um, back to being earnest. And the, uh, Beavers went 14 and 14 the year before eight and 10 in the pack 10. But then, um, uh, they'd actually gotten back Scott Haskin now, um, uh, um, after he was uh, injury riddled in the previous year and they still had chad scott they still had charles mckinney uh super mario jackson and a guy that played in the nba named uh, brent berry he was pretty good um but uh he sat a lot in frustration finally as the pac-10 season was approaching uh he was cleared to play and uh, so seven games is what we got um we got seven games out of Ernest Killen, uh, points in 13 minutes per game. Uh, His best game was in front of his hometown friends and family against USC when he put up 13 points in 16 minutes at a Thursday night game against future NBA dunk champion Harold Miner, Baby Jordan. He comes up again um, at the L.A. Sports Arena. He was uh, – Ernest was found unconscious um, near the hotel hot tub on the Friday and on Saturday, as his team was uh, going out there, and actually, they fought hard and they played and they lost in an overtime game at Poly Pavilion to UCLA 87 81. EK appeared to be recovering, um, but then within a matter of hours, he was gone. And um, the news of his death absolutely rattled the entire OSU campus and community. Um, and I went with my, uh, my friends that had known him before to the memorial service they held at Gill Coliseum. And people laughed and cried and told stories. And uh, one of his closest friends uh, modified the lyrics to It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday by Boys mm-hmm. to Men to Reflect um, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Ernest K. Uh, and Tim, my buddy uh, that had played uh, the horse game with me, said, man, I'm really going to miss E.K., but at least I'll always get to remember him when it's McRib season, mm. and we had a good laugh about that. And, and uh, he was really, you know, generous to his friends, and he gave my roommate Doug his uh, his Lakers hat. And it wasn't because he was being generous that time though, because Ek was a prankster too. Uh, Doug, you remember yeah, Doug? Doug yeah. He had wild red hair, and uh, Ek uh, gave him the hat one day and said, "You got to cover that up." Cause <laughs> <laughs> in case there's any girls around you know they don't they don't want to see that so doug wore that hat uh nearly every day the year that ek died and uh you know sometimes you get to meet someone that you know is destined for greatness but they don't don't quite get there Ernest was awesome though that he didn't care that he died early um he decided that uh the doctors knew what they were doing and if they were taking him off the medication that was good enough for him and because of his uh, religion, you know, he felt mm. that he was doing what the Lord had put him to do, put him here to do. And, in fact, um, one of the things he called his his pastor over the summer between his uh, freshman year when he didn't get to play and his sophomore year when he did, he said, you know, um, everybody on the team is a Christian now except for two, but I'm working on them. Mm. And uh, it's fun to kind of speculate as a fan how good the Beavers could have been with EK and Brent Berry together for mm. three yeah. full years, you know plus how they might have gotten more recruits. Uh, Maybe they get Kanan Chapman to stay instead of transferring to the University of Portland so we keep his 17 points there, you know. Uh, Maybe they even save Coach Anderson's job. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So
0: next segment here is we're going to talk about what's upcoming.
1: There is Um, stuff going on.
0: Yeah, there is going to be a lot of stuff going on. Um, Let's talk about the Pac-12 women's tournament last because that will be the most – Okay. Yeah. Um, baseball
1: ahead. team has got uh, a weekend series in Seattle. They've got a thing called the Seattle Baseball Showcase. Mm-hmm. want to make sure I get the name right. It's, it's called T-Mobile Field now instead of uh, – of uh, what Safeco anymore, right?
0: I don't know who yeah. paid for it this year.
1: <laughs> somebody somebody <laughs> knew was paying for it, but um, and I just couldn't quite remember. But yeah. uh, it's, in, it's in a stadium where in Seattle, in the event that it rains, they can close the roof. Yep. On uh, Friday, they get to play against Minnesota. Um, Saturday, they get to play the University of Indiana. And then um, on uh, Sunday, they play Coastal Carolina. And then, actually, I think it's Tuesday they open up the Pac-12 season against that team from Eugene. So um,
0: that, that shall not be named.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm speak out.
0: Um, so softball, they're headed to uh, Los Angeles. They have five games down there. It's the last again, similar to baseball. It's the last tournament uh, before the Pac-12 season. Uh, I didn't write down the names or catch the names, but they're playing this weekend, March eighth through tenth, down there.
1: Well, that's um, awesome.
0: Wrestling, the Pac-12 championships are in Arizona this week. Uh, so the wrestling uh, on March 9th, and that'll be the Pac-12
1: championships. Where are they holding that again?
0: Um, I don't, can't remember if it's I can't Arizona, remember Arizona State or Arizona, but okay. I know it's in the state of Arizona. Awesome. Um, so look for a couple OSU wrestlers to do well. I think um, Desi is ranked third in the nation, I think. So they're expecting he should get the Pac-12 Championship down there.
1: After they cut weight, I wonder if they go out for some well, Sonoran hot dogs. And, yeah, I think he's heavyweight. Sometimes. Oh, see, so he, he can he's just heavyweight. do whatever yeah, he, he wants. Yeah, he can just right? go to El Grelo Canelo yeah. and eat him some uh, some Sonoran hot dogs, oh, yeah. man. That's so, that's the way to be.
0: Yeah, uh, gymnastics is and uh, at LSU this Friday mm. facing LSU's rank number four. That's uh, so the, that looks to be a tough. Get to go to
1: Baton Rouge, huh?
0: There. Um, When's the Pac-12? Pac 12 regionals, or not the Pac 12, but the NCAA regionals are April 4th through 6th in Corvallis at Duke yeah. Coliseum, so look for that as well. Um, Announcements on other sports. So this week, March 4th, they announced that swimming will end as a collegiate sport at Oregon State. Hmm. Um, They're citing costs. Uh, mainly costs to build a new practice centers, and yeah. they can't uh, <laughs> building a pool is expensive. Yeah, so that's not quite in the budget. Um, good news is all scholarship uh, uh, athletes will, the scholarships will be honored oh, through the through the year through the through their schooling there as long as they're academically el- maintain academic eligibility.
1: Oh, now they might get in more trouble if they don't swim. Yeah, practice. exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> For yeah, sure. I was gonna, you know, go to swimming practice, but I guess that isn't happening. Yeah. Let's have a little bit more yeah. time.
0: Okay, so then, the, and then let's talk about the women's Pac-12 tournament. Yes, it starts on Thursday. Uh, Oregon State has a third seed, so they're they're playing Friday night at eight thirty. Um, they will be pe- playing the winner of Utah versus UW yeah Um, who
1: do you think is a better matchup for him have you watched him during
0: the season you know I think um U-Dub would be an easier quote unquote easier matchup at this point in the game um the U-Dub's a little bit smaller their post player isn't quite as quick I can't think of the Utah post player right now what her name is but she's you know they were on Utah was on a tear there early in the Pac-12 season um and they just had a tough time of it. Recently, did OSU
1: sweep them or split? I can't
0: remember. OSU S- against Utah swept them. Yeah, and then Utah lost one of their players, who was the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, mm. um, recently to a knee injury. So I, I think that's affected them. So hopefully, you know, knock on wood, Oregon State has a um, good matchup for the first round. Uh, the second round, uh, they're in the same bracket that um, Stanford is in. Ooh. And so Stanford is playing, will play either Cal or, let me see here. Who did Cal play?
1: I can't remember. But, um, hmm. 12, yeah, so they're. Um, they're playing the coups, aren't they? I could be wrong. I've been wrong
0: before. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, so Cal is playing Washington State (laughs) tomorrow at 6 p.m., and then Stanford will play the winner of that game. Um, Again, the Pac-12 was – Women's game is kind of a gauntlet, right? So it really is. Yeah. So Stanford. How many teams
1: do you think make the the tournament after uh, after they're done with the Pac-12 tournament?
0: So I would say you know, Oregon's going to go. Yep. Oregon State, Stanford for sure is going to go. UCLA will probably go Arizona, Arizona State, State too, too. and then mm-hmm. possibly you know another team can get in there. Um, you know, I, I, again the the Pac-12 is just the gauntlet for women's basketball. It's pretty crazy. I mean um Cal beat Stanford earlier in the year. Uh their their forward get this like uh, Christine Nigway who's their power forward. Um she went for 30 and 30 as a double double. 30, 30 and 30, 30 points and 30 rebounds. Good Thirty rebounds like I had to like double check like, the story when I saw. That's Will Chamberlain numbers. Yeah, so so, so I mean again amazing player and so it makes cal, cal a really tough team yeah and they're seventh in the pack 12 so, so you can see like kind <laughs> yeah, of the depth of
1: the pack 12 yeah.
0: as far as when this basketball goes it's it's, it's a the, tough place um to
1: play. it you know win or lose uh it would be awesome if the oregon schools were in the championship game um i mean obviously it'd be better if the beavers won but that would still be good for the state. Is that even mathematically a possibility? That is a
0: possibility because Oregon's on the other side of the bracket. Perfect. And so there is a lot of sports writers who want to see well, that'd be awesome. a rematch of the Civil War game. Those because first those first two were, yeah, just were just tough. They could stop. So, um, yeah, so win, lose, or draw, I think it's going to be a great tournament. Um, and then they'll announce on the 18th the NCAA seedings, which Oregon State's looking to be a third seed. which means So they'll they, probably
1: get their own regional. Yeah,
0: they'll be able to host a regional and then not quite sure if they're going to Greensboro or Chicago. It would be awesome if they got into Portland, but I think they're reserving that for Oregon.
1: Yeah, well, so. well, maybe Oregon loses in the first round. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, likely. Like, not likely. Not likely. No, they're they're going to be a one seed. They're they're yeah, pretty they, dynamite well, team. Unless a, they lose the Pac twelve. Well, they
0: will be. A, I think they're slated two. as a two seed, yeah. but I think that they like that better. So Notre Dame might be the one oh, seed yeah. in Portland. So that
1: slides yeah, slides them out of place. Yeah,
0: so I think that's what's going to happen there. Hmm. But we'll see. Um, what happened. again? It's going to be a pretty awesome Pac twelve tournament.
1: Yep. The men's basketball team still has a couple games left too this uh, week, right?
0: Yeah, so I think the men's basketball team plays today, and again, I pay team. I pay less attention. I know to uh, men's basketball.
1: They have their thing going on too. Yeah. Pac twelve tournament for them is their only key to the uh, only key to the um, NCAA tournament. They can't make it otherwise.
0: Are you for sure about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I there's
1: just there's no way. There's just no way. Well, who, who knows? I mean, the tur- committees do weird things, but...
0: So, yeah, yeah so Oregon's playing Dub tonight at 7 p.m., and then they're playing Washington State on Saturday at noon. Oh,
1: okay. and that's then not I, too shabby.
0: I'm assuming the tournament's next week.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So that's pretty much everything that's, that's going
0: everything on. That's everything going
1: on. Sorry, Swimmers
0: start recording okay so last segment um,
1: just a grab bag of higgledy piggledy fun stuff I think Uh, we don't really think about it because who would but the um, Alliance of American Football exists did you know the Alliance of American Football exists
0: I only know that exists because Coach Riley (coughs) Uh, coach Smith's <laughs> yeah. staff to go coach there, and I was like, "What the hell? What's going on now?" Well, I mean, and then I haven't yeah. checked up on it as much as you have. So no,
1: I've up. done a little bit of homework into it because yeah. Coach Riley, he had property in Texas, and um, I think that why he, did he have why would he have property in Texas? Because he had been a coach in San Antonio in either like the World League of American Football or something like that. Okay, and then. Um, Uh, When he ended up at OSU He hung on to it Apparently it's a pretty nice uh, region And um, I think that one of his uh, children and grandchildren Mm -hmm. is down there too And that's a pretty big anchor for Mike Riley Fair Um, enough But uh, yeah, he coaches something called uh, the San Antonio um, I've already forgotten their name I didn't write it down But also – well, because I figure it's not really worth memorizing. But they're they're four games into the season. Um, Steve Spurrier coaches a team in Atlanta. You remember Steve Spurrier? Yeah, I didn't even – well, A, that's (laughs) –
0: this is how much I'm paying attention. Yeah, I'm, sa- I'm thinking, well, Steve Spurrier's not coaching in college
1: anymore. Like, no. what the hell's going on? Yeah. When did this happen? Well, and I think that a lot of the college teams that he used to coach against could probably beat these teams. This is where that argument, you know, well, uh, best uh, Alabama could beat a pro team. They could probably beat some of these, these teams. Yeah. But interesting thing about Coach Riley's team in San Antonio, he has some uh, former players uh, coaching for him. Lyle Moivow is there. Uh, former Beaver quarterback, um, and he is the running backs coach. So it's Mm. giving him the chance to kind of hone his chops as an assistant coach. And uh, James Rogers, the elder Rogers, um, is actually there coaching as well, coaching outside linebackers. Um, So that's – those are – the beavers that are actually there with Coach Riley, Interesting. Um, they are four games into the season, two and two, <laughs> very Riley record. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, we're not too bad, but oh uh,
0: shucks, yeah. we're, do, we're doing we're doing our best.
1: We sure played hard today. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, then Erickson is coaching something called the San No Salt Lake City Stallions. Uh, they're one and three. Um, he actually has some of his uh, former coaches, his posse that always yeah. took around. Tim LePano's with him um, and uh, guys like that. Uh, they're one and three right now. And I just chalk that up to the fact that Coach Erickson is forced to coach in a town where it's hard to get alcohol. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's just all I can figure. It's I mean, it's Salt Lake City, right? He was coaching at Utah um, as the uh, head coach. Um, offensive coordinator and uh so i think he just decided well Well, i get to go coach some professionals and
0: be a head coach somewhere be a head
1: coach right and not have to uh we're probably paying him more and well that's the only thing i can assume that would make them go to a league that you can't expect to survive but i think this does have some degree of backing from the nfl um, as well as actual television. It does? Uh, I think. I
0: didn't even know they started playing. They
1: I did, they apparently are playing and uh um, they're on some of the more obscure networks um you know. <laughs> <laughs> even then. yeah. I have cable. They're I haven't on, heard of this. <laughs> like NFL Network oh, okay. 2.0 um and uh Well, if they're on the NFL Network, I, I then they then, then they are I don't know. I think they, they're on yeah. ESPN9, the new Wave. A. <laughs> so that's <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> the uh, only channel, or and also CBS Sports uh, Six, because um, they have all sorts of different uh, networks. Wow. So those things are going on. Um, so that's pretty neat. Yeah, I guess it's something. It's something. Uh, yeah, and um, you, know. you know, we get to uh, uh, see in the next time that we reconvene how things turn out for actual. Uh, legitimate sports that people were interested in so yeah. that's that's good we'll yep. by then know where the women are playing um, in, or how they've done in the tournament and, and uh,
0: then, uh, what they're looking like to be yeah. set up for the uh, tournament for the, yep. for the NCAA unless tournament unless Coach
1: Ruick uh, gets thrown out of another game or something uh, <laughs>
0: Was that? I didn't see. No, it. Was for it like, sure, for sure, go look at that video because you have two guys that are quite a bit bigger than Coach Ruick trying to like hold him back. Was it and like I thought the, he was really the Jeff go out. Gundy on Alonzo
1: no, Mourning's leg? it or wasn't. Not like it, wasn't that?
0: That. it wasn't quite like that. But it was. It was enough to the point where it was like, whoa, he's pretty fired up. And, wow. And understandably, and again, I'm no expert, just watching the game from television, but uh, it did seem like they were calling a lot of fouls on our team. Uh, particularly moving screens and they were not calling those same calls for Arizona state. Um, But that was my view. Uh, We'll see. Yeah.
1: Yep. Awesome. Well, that was good, clean fun. Great. Thanks. Yep.